Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. there, Grace Farrell here, host of the Witch Investigates podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's new episode where we took a deep dive into the issues currently facing the travel industry. But before next week, I wanted to bring you a quick bonus episode. You see, something interesting popped up when I was talking to our fantastic experts, the issue of sustainable travel. According to the Air Transport Action Group, Aviation was responsible for 12% of all CO2 emissions created by transport. That works out to around 915 million tonnes produced every single year. So should we all just be flying less, not least because of the current travel chaos, but for the good of the planet? Here's the host of the Travel Goals podcast, Portia Jones. She told me we've gotten a bit too used to the convenience of air travel travel has become very easy and certainly a lot more affordable in recent years when we do experience things like pandemics or strikes or disruptions it does kind of hit us doesn't it because there was a long period where you could book really cheap flights and pop over to Europe uh, you know on a whim really I think certainly travel companies and airlines are going to come under a lot of pressure to take more affirmative climate action and to reduce carbon and things like that and I guess the downside to that is that cost is you know will probably be passed on to the consumer which is a shame because cheap travel is problematic for destinations but it also enables a lot more people to travel so it's that balance really isn't it you you want to discourage mass tourism but you also want to make sure that people who want to travel can travel because I think being able to see different destinations and cultures does foster a lot more community understanding, doesn't it? And tolerance and all those positive things we associate with travel. So I do think travel in the long term probably will have to change, but I suspect there will be some knock-on effects from that as well. Some good and some not so good for consumers. Those are Porsche's thoughts. But what about Rory Boland, editor of Witch Travel? I asked him whether trains were a viable alternative to planes, or maybe something else altogether. What I would say about train travel is, I try to do it more for for shorter destinations, anywhere that I could get to in kind of, you know, six, eight, ten hours um, from the UK, ideally would choose that. If I'm going home to Ireland, try and choose a ferry lately. We also have to be realistic about what's within people's means. He also made this point. I live in London, so it's easy for me to go on the Eurostar. If you live up near Newcastle Airport, well, you know, that's another good few hours and probably an extraordinary amount of price to get down to the Eurostar. And and that 
is the greatest barrier to more people using train to travel because we know lots of people would like to. It is the cost. You know, the cost of taking the train, particularly in this country, is extraordinarily high. I think unless as a country, as a government and as an industry, we tackle the cost of train travel here, it's going to be really difficult to encourage people to make the greener choice, even when they want to. Well, we thought we'd put that to the test. Coincidentally, James, one of the team that worked on this podcast, actually lives near Newcastle. So, what would it really cost if he wanted to take the train from Newcastle to Paris? And how would that compare to a direct flight? And most importantly, how do the emissions stack up? He sent us this report. I'm out for a walk in a nature reserve on the outskirts of Newcastle, just a stone's throw away from the city's airport. It is next to a busy road and there's a few people mulling about, so you may be able to hear that. But in a second, you will also hear an aeroplane. But that's not just any aeroplane. That is flight AF1058 heading into Newcastle from Paris, taking a load of passengers back into the UK after perhaps a nice city break in the French capital. But it got me thinking, why are people taking to the skies when they could take a train down to London and then hop on the Eurostar to Paris? After all, the carbon footprint of taking the train is a whole lot less than jumping on a plane. Is it simply because a quick hop on the plane is so much cheaper than the train? And at a time when everyday prices are on the rise, all we can naturally think about is how to save a few pounds and pence here and there. Well, let's head back home, grab a cuppa, and find out which mode of transport is cheaper and how the carbon emissions of the plane and the train stack up. Right then, I'm back home, and I guess the first place to start is with the price. We'll have a look at carbon emissions and compare the plane and the train in a sec. So let's head to skyscanner.com and see how much it'll cost for me to fly out to Paris tomorrow and return in four days' time. Just enough time to see the sights. Right, I've got a list of flights that have come up in front of me. Uh, there's not many direct from Newcastle, but there is an early flight I can see that takes off at quarter past six tomorrow morning and gets me into Charles de Gaulle Airport at five past nine. And then there's a return flight in four days' time that gets me back into Newcastle just before lunchtime. And that comes to £275. Now, I must admit, it does seem a little pricey, but that is the best I can find, at least the cheapest anyway. So remember that, £275. Now let's go and find out how much it would cost me if I decided to jump on a train from Newcastle down to King's Cross in London, cross the road, and then jump onto the Eurostar at St Pancras. That'll take me to Paris Gardenor Station. So I've gone on to nationalrail.co.uk and I've typed in that I want to go from Newcastle to King's Cross. Don't forget we'll have to hop onto the Eurostar website in just a sec and add on those prices. But I'm getting a best price of £76 just to get from Newcastle to King's Cross and then £79.10 
uh, to come back in four days time uh, now let's head on to the Eurostar website um, oh my gosh not a lot of options here um, there is a train from St Pancras to Paris Gardenor that costs an eye-watering £169.50 that's just one way and then if I want to come back in a few days time again £169.50 uh, one second let me get my calculator out uh, let's tot these four train prices up and oh gosh it comes to £494.10 Compare that to the £275 it was for the flights, which means it's over £200 more expensive to take the more eco-friendly train from Newcastle to Paris. So no wonder people will choose to take the plane rather than the train if it saves them that much money. But as promised, we're also going to look at the carbon emissions of both of these modes of transport. According to some snapshot witch research from last summer, domestic flights, that's flights from one UK city to another, were 50% cheaper than taking the train, but six times worse for carbon. So I wonder how that statistic compares for our international travel to Paris. Well, I'm now on carbonfootprint.com, a website which uses methodology from the UK government to tell you how much carbon is produced for your journey. So let's type in that we're taking a return flight from Newcastle to Paris and see how much carbon we're producing. Okay, so it says it'll be 200 kilograms of CO2. Uh, now, I don't usually know what sort of levels of carbon my journeys produce, so let's compare it to the train journey, shall we, and see how that compares. So for this, I just type in how many miles I'm travelling. I've worked out that to be about 900. And it's telling me that the train will produce just 30 kilograms of CO2. Compare that to the 200 kilograms for the plane. So the witch study from last year is similarly true for our international travel. Yes, taking to the skies is almost half the price, but our carbon emissions are more than six times bigger than if we take the train. So you can definitely see the predicament faced by eco-conscious travellers right now, can't you? Catch a plane, save some money, but have a bigger impact on the climate, or take the train, fork out a lot more cash, but know you're travelling in a much more eco-friendly way. Well, there you have it. A pretty dramatic comparison. It's safe to say Rory won't be surprised by the findings. What it adds up to for consumers is they just can't afford it. Even if you do want to take the train all the way to the south of France, unless you live in the south of this country, you know, really Kent and London or the surrounding counties, it's just going to be too expensive. Very, very frustrating. Because when you get to Europe, it can be quite cheap. You know, we've got the, the famous nine euro ticket in Germany at the moment. That's only a, 
a temporary pass for, for all transport, just about all transport in, in Germany. You can't use the long distance trains, but they are going to subsidize their public transport. So if you can get over there, if you can get over to Europe, there can be some cheaper options. Um, it's just getting off this island in a green way at the moment is very, very expensive. And we will need some industry and government attention if we're going to resolve that. For more on sustainable travel, make sure you check out the episode from season one of Which Investigates called Can We Ever Fly With A Clear Conscience? You'll see it if you scroll down this feed. We'll be back next week, taking a look at the rise of energy bills and looking at things we can do now to help reduce our payments come winter. Today's episode was presented by me, Grace Farrell, written, produced and edited by Rob Lilly, and our executive producer is Angus Farker. All prices quoted in James's report were correct according to Skyscanner and Eurostar on the 29th of June 2022. See you next time.